Hello, this is Eric, your DM, and welcome back to the Punch Bowl, our interview segment here on Join the Party. Even in the off weeks, I'm thinking about Dungeons & Dragons. Like, what if the foundational text of fantasy wasn't fascinated with European mythology and religion, but was instead inspired by the many culturals and mythologies in Africa? And what would that mean about what Dungeons & Dragons looks like? But I'm also thinking about what it's like to be a player in 2021 and beyond, so I figured I'd put that to good use and talk to those who are pushing the game forward. I remember introducing the punch ball to the Join the Party feed because I wanted to talk shop with other Dungeons & Dragons media creators. It was 2017 and the genre was just emerging, Critical Role was just kind of like a streaming thing that no one really understood, and the Adventure Zone was just getting its sea legs under it. Now, in 2021, the landscape has totally changed. Everyone and their mom has a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and maybe some people are moving away from D&D and looking for other tabletop RPGs to tell that story. I'd like to point out, this is a good thing, but it also pushes everyone to make themselves stand out. And no one has stood out in 2020 and beyond more than three black halflings. Starting in June 2020, the energy from this podcast is incredibly infectious. Whether they're running their actual play stories, the cub and the caterpillar, talking to luminaries of the tabletop RPG fields, or breaking down how Wizard of the Coast has messed up yet again. And now they're part of the HeadGum Network and they just keep rolling on. Their charisma scores are high, they're rolling to hit you right in the hearts, and they're critting and succeeding. I got to talk to them about what it was like starting a Dungeons & Dragons show in 2020, their African mythology-inspired actual play setting, and if they can convince me to actually like bards. Also, special alert, this is a crossover extravaganza! I ran a very special one-shot for the Three Black Halflings on their RSS feed, which comes out in two days. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, subscribe to the Three Black Halflings podcast feed. And wait a second, because it's coming. But if it is Thursday or later, sometime in the future, check out that episode in their RSS feed or the link in the episode description. And finally, shout out to Jeremy's friend, Taylor Lewis, who recommended JTP to Jeremy a long, long time ago and was the linchpin to actually making this all happen. And now, my conversation with Jasper, Unati, and Jeremy, the three black halflings. I am overjoyed, so happy jumping out of my chair and saying hip hip hooray to have the three black halflings with me here. I'm so happy for all of you. And uh, in order uh, from shortest to tallest, can you all introduce yourselves? Yes. I, I think I'm the shortest. You are indeed. Yeah. My name is Jeremy Cobb, uh, but many people call me many other things. If you want to hear some <laughs> of those things, uh, come listen to Three Black Halflings, because I say a different one every episode. Every single episode. <laughs> yeah. Get that plug in real early. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it never stops. Uh, and I am Luanda Unati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati, and I'm 5'6", so it's definitely me second. It's definitely oh, no. you. I'm yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm taller than 5'6". I'm almost 5'8". Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm 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 one I'm I'm 1.67 uh, centimeters, so you know um, I'm five six. So, <laughs> and my name is Jasper <laughs> William Cartwright. <laughs> I I don't understand what's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm as I, I, you know I'm I'm saying it right now. Every time I speak, I'm going to try and put it a plug for three black athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but really, if you want to hear more of this, go check out three black athletes. Oh, Perfect. Man. 
I'll cut out like 50% of them. So yes, you do. thank you. Please do. The thing that we haven't talked about is that Unati is always dunking, so that's why it seems like she's taller than everyone else. Oh! Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Nothing. Just nothing co- constantly nothing. throwing it down a two-handed tomahawk at all times, so that's why Unati is taller, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Um, that's definitely it. My knees can absolutely stand up to that. <laughs> she's the LeBron James of TBH. <laughs> yeah, Which is I, I, everyone's been saying that, <laughs> and I took that personally. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> no, honestly, this leads really nicely into my first question. Before I ask you about where everything came from and uh, your origin story, I really want to talk about where all of y'all are, are from. Is that you? Get you three usually all record in in the UK, right? Usually, yes. Usually, yes. Um, but recently, uh, here's what happened, folks. Here's what happened. I was, I am a dual citizen. I'm a British citizen and an American citizen. And I was in Britain when the second lockdown started. And I thought to myself, I don't need to do this. Uh, I can just leave. And so I did. <laughs> I went to the United States thinking that I would probably come back early January. But then second lockdown became tier four which is mm-hmm. kind of like baby lockdown. Mm. And then tier four became lockdown number three. And it now, because of all of that, I will be going back for at least another month or so mm. uh, as of recording this. So yes. that so yeah. so far we've been recording for like six months almost across uh, with a five-hour gap in time because yeah. I'm Eastern Standard Time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, me and uh, Unati, we're both UK-based. Uh, yeah. I was born uh, here over here in the UK. Yeah. And Unati, you were... I was, uh, I was born in Johannesburg at Baragwanath Hospital in South Africa. And I grew up in Port Elizabeth, also in South Africa. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad that people now will know what that is. Yeah. Because I'm learning about it for the first time as well. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, I appreciate you saying this because now you are we are so separated across time zones. And the thing that I love the most about your show is the energy all of you keep up. Like listening to it, I know podcasting in so many ways is... Like you're listening in on a conversation that someone else is having. But how do all of you keep that energy up when you are across five time zones and uh, have to do this remotely over Zoom? Cocaine. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, dog. Hell yeah. That was too quick, Jeremy. That was was too quick. Uh... (laughs) I heard it coming (laughs) during the question. I had the answer about halfway through the question. I, I, I do think in a, in a weird way, Jeremy has kind of answered the question because that I think, honestly, the, the secret is that we do, genuinely do make each other laugh uh, like yeah. way more than we should. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, like We're we, actually we, not we, very funny. We just... Yeah, exactly. We just find each other very funny, which then convinces our listeners that we are funny because of how much we're, we're laughing. They're like, oh, wait, they're laughing. So they, they we are our own funny. laugh track. It's a yeah. ruse. Mm. Um, but I think that's, I think, I don't know, I'm just speaking for me, but I feel like that's part of the reason that I feel like I've never struggled to get the energy up for like one of these. Do you know what I mean? Like I've always mm-hmm. found it like, even if I'm feeling like, like not so great that day or whatever, I'm just like, I come in and we start recording and like five minutes in, I'm like, yeah, woohoo, TBH, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It does always feel like we're just hanging out, which, um, which takes the kind of pressure 
off. I think if it was like a very, very serious podcast, I would feel like, oh, Lord, I'm drained. Yeah. But um, but, uh, most of the time I just come and I sit and sometimes um, to Jasper's great annoyance, it doesn't happen anymore. I bring snacks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that happened for a while. That happened for a while. We got like full like crisp and like chicken wing chicken wing audio at one point, and I was having to go through like ASMR and yeah. Um, But um, yeah, I just I just sit and like laugh and have a good time, so that's why it's always fun. That's incredible, and I think it's funny that you say that like you guys don't have a serious podcast because not serious capital S serious like you're taking Mm. it seriously, but I think that you end up tackling lots of different things. I mean, when you're doing the AP portion or you're doing the interview or you're talking about how Wizard of the Coast has disappointed you this week, I think that it's worthwhile (laughs) today today (laughs) today. Yeah, that uh, you manage to keep that energy up and you make each other laugh. And that's why I love the show. I think that's what makes it uh, truly stand out. But we'll get back to that. We will truly get back to that because I really want to know. So this show started in 2020 Mm. and Dungeons and Dragons shows, actual play shows, have changed so much since Join the Party started where we started this right when the Adventure Zone was in the middle of balance. Mm. So I would love to know how... Did you come to Dungeons and Dragons, and what was it like making a show in 2020? Yeah, it was a strange old time. I think 2020 for a lot of people for a multitude of reasons. There was a lot of discourse happening. There was a lot of need for escapism. I think in 2020 with with lockdowns and not being able to see the ones you love and not being able to connect with them in the same way. And I think we were always trying to find new ways to do that. And like I know how reliant I was on podcasts uh, and still am, you know, just because I needed to feel like I was talking to someone else in the day that wasn't just like me or, you know, like my partner who I live with, which who I, who I love more than anything in the world. But like, there's only so many things you can talk about when you've been in lockdown in the same flat for a year. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and then I think out of that, there were so many conversations happening. Uh, Jeremy had introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons uh, the year before. And like most things in my life, I tend to, if I enjoy it, uh, seize it with both hands and then jump on the train and not care where I'm going. I'm just in it like a thousand percent. And so then, you know, me and Jeremy just started we started talking a lot about Dungeons and Dragons and I started to try and engage more in the sort of like rule side of things uh, and really like, and Jeremy is a, a great tutor for that. Like he just, he knows this stuff. He just knows it. It's great. And then I just randomly was like, do you want to like just do this? As a, Do you want to make this a thing? Do you want to like actually just talk about this and maybe people will listen? And then we... <laughs> we recorded the first episode, which is still I. We have to find this at some point. But uh, Jeremy's fan was blowing directly into his mic the entire episode. No, uh, I was using <laughs> my phone uh, as a mic, and I kept moving my phone around. I put it under a pillow at one point because I forgot that I was using it as a mic for a podcast that I was apparently doing. It was a shambles, like it was real bad. Uh, and then I was like, no, 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 we've got to try this again. So we we tried it again, and um, I'd seen a post that Unati had made on like Facebook about you were in the sun doing your extensions, dying your extensions hair. and just I minding your own minding damn business. business <laughs> and then I came in and was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take all of your free time and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put it in a, in a show please. Yeah. And uh yeah and then we just we kind of 
we got talking and we kind of decided I, we kind of settled I feel like on the style of the show I don't feel like we ever really talked about it we just sort of mm-hmm. had some stuff we wanted to talk about and then nat- very naturally out of that we kind of got into this groove and realized mm-hmm. that we were always going to be doing it with like a smile and a laugh and that was just our thing um, mm. and which was nice it felt very organic and then yeah yeah and i think what i really sort of appreciated because jasper and jeremy obviously brought me on like you know sort of later on but i think out of 2020 as well with the george floyd making like a massive resurgence in globally really about sort of race relations um internationally but also in america and and so we were looking at this game and what we love to play and also going well we're also finding unconscious biases and issues mm-hmm. in in day-to-day life but um you know while the world was kind of going mad i remember i think after that happened i there was a point where i sort of woke up and was like i cannot wake up angry anymore like i can't mm-hmm. wake up furious by 8 30 in the morning anymore and mm-hmm. it was just really nice to find something where i could voice my thoughts and opinions and sort of tackle these difficult issues, but from a place of joy, because that's valid protest. Mm. Um, from a place yeah. of joy, love and light, and just helping people get along a little better. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> can we stop this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, yeah, and then, and then the, the name came about. Uh, well, you could tell the story of the name, actually, Jeremy. If you uh, like. Yeah, I had started playing D&D, I think it was October 29th or something like that of 2018. And then uh, I introduced it to Jasper the following year. And then Jasper later that year wanted to DM a campaign uh, and he wanted me to be a player in it. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to make a character. And I had recently happened upon the Ghostwise Halfling and had liked had been looking into the monk. And I was like, cool, I want to play a Ghostwise Halfling monk and was looking up pictures like fan art online for like an image of anything to do with like a halfling monk a bl- first it was like black halfling monk then it was like halfling monk then it was like black halfling and i could not find any like visual representations fan art or official of black halflings just period mm-hmm. uh except for at the time except for one image of a really obscure halfling subrace from a previous edition that exists on some other plane of existence and it's like a single picture of like two black dudes just kind of like blurry black and white just kind of standing there um i to this day i don't remember what it is why was it black and white that's so yeah, i don't know i'm gonna try and find it again we have <laughs> to find it we do have i, to I find found it. it again one time but so I the idea I think Jade uh, Jasper's partner came up with the idea of calling it uh, two black halflings originally, and then of course it became three black halflings. But that is where that came from: is the the impossibility at the time of being able to find a representation of a black halfling. Thankfully, though, that problem has since been uh, addressed because yeah. there are a whole bunch of pictures of black halflings, including an efficient yeah official material. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount has a black halfling druid in it. Mm. So that was the first official black halfling that I saw. But I think there have been more since. Except for that, like, CCTV photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find this. <laughs> it's super obscure. Like I've so. never heard anyone ever mention it. In, oh, a, Na- a Nadian. Nadian? I think it's called the Anadian halfling. Yeah, and it's one black guy. <laughs> <laughs> one black guy who, who is it's from second edition 
<laughs> wow. It's from second edition. They they are native to the polar regions of Anadia or Nadia, the closest planet to the sun in realm space. They did not exist anywhere in the known crystal spheres. I haven't even heard of the crystal spheres in terms of co- D&D cosmologies. So this is obscure. <laughs> uh, and their skin color the is sun. dark. That's how, they, that's how they justify it. But on, on a polar planet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. That totally, yeah, you know how that that definitely all fits together. Ooh, Absolutely, easy. in your world building. Absolutely, I love this, and I think you've already started touching on this a little bit. But what was it like starting a D and D show in the cosmology? You said crystal spheres, so now I'm saying cosmology in the crystal spheres of the tabletop RPG content landscape. It was one of the strangest experiences in my life because I remember being like, oh, yeah, like uh, Dimension 20, Critical Role. Uh, yeah, cool. There's like some great shows out there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a go. And then I remember like the day we launched on Twitter, I was like, sweet Lord, there's a lot of shows out here. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I need to like think, uh, you know, and I th- I'm glad I didn't know the extent to it before because I think I might have <laughs> been a bit like, Nah, no one will probably listen to it. So, you know what I mean? I felt like it would have deterred me from actually kind of thinking or, or thinking the idea was like valid, at least. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a a strange experience and I think a, a a lovely one because the community has been so welcoming and so embracing of us and our idea and, and what we what we do. And I we couldn't we literally couldn't be. Uh, have experiencing the success we're now having uh if it wasn't for that like initial reaction to us and uh, uh to our show um so mm. i'm it's been a very wild journey and a, a one that i'm with de- like definitely like still on i feel like it hasn't sort of slowed down in nearly a year it's like a snowball of <laughs> starting a show uh, and we've met some yeah really incredible and wonderful people along the way which it feels weird that i don't know them now like that's probably yeah. a weird thing is I've met so many people via podcasts and been on the shows and they've been on our shows and we've talked a bunch but like never met them because you know pandemics and we live on the other side of the planet you know let's hang right. out yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jasper is now taking off a jacket that says head gum on it yeah taking off all the merch Jake Hurwitz uh... is hanging it up for him and he's <laughs> <out of it. laughs> oh yeah me and Jake moved in together so uh <laughs> I, I feel like what you mean is you you now own a house that you allow Jake Hurwitz to live in, and he is your personal yes. manservant. Uh, <laughs> yes. TBH really took off, guys. Like really took indebted, off. indebted really. to us now. It's going to be half gone Perfect. soon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Three black half uh, half gums. Yes. That would be perfect. <laughs> black half gums. <laughs> That's a different fan art right there. I don't even know what a half gum is. Oh, no. Neither do I, and I don't want to. I, don't I want really to find don't. Out. No, absolutely not. So let me quickly pivot by saying a different question. Um, so the thing, what I uh, interesting thing that you do with your show, sometimes you have an interview or you're talking to, uh, about a particular issue, but you also have the actual play game, the cub and the caterpillar going on at the same time. And I really love that you are all using the Wugatu Chronicles 5e setting. Can you tell everyone what Wugatu is and why you ended up choosing that as your IP setting. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. This this was one that I originally had found back in 2019, actually, a little bit before Jasper, like a couple months, I think, before Jasper started his own game. I had wanted to run a game in an Africa-based setting because I was like, hey, wait a minute. All this stuff is European. 
And then I was like, what? Oh, can't what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's like, huh? Hey. No? Oh. Here's white? Wait a minute. Hey. Uh, so I was like, why can't we put it in like an African setting? And so I was, I started looking up to see if there was any officially released info about Africa settings. And the one that had been released was very controversial because it had like a lot of weird cannibalism stuff. And I was like, so maybe not that one. Uh, and so I kept looking and then I saw info about the Wagadu Chronicles. Oh yeah, that was the one that had like dinosaurs and stuff yeah. in it, yeah. and like white and like white people doing African voices on the podcasts that were affiliated with it. Yep. I didn't know that. that. Released by Wizards yep. of the Coast. Oh, yep, boy. Yep, yep, yep. Ah, we've got our yep, next yep. topic for our yep, show, yep, guys. Yep, yep. So if you want to, yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> it was so that I I found uh, this Wagadu Chronicles didn't have any like info other than that it was like an upcoming setting, and I was like, ooh. I wish it was had come now so that I could use it, but it, I kept it kind of in the back burner, and that that campaign kind of went nowhere. But when we started this show, we're looking for like different topics. I was like, hey, wait a minute, this could be interesting. Looked it back up. Turns out they'd made progress and they were really moving forward. So we ended up contacting Twin Drums, the company that is making the game, and we got to interview Alan Cudicho, the leader of Twin Drums, on our show. And we were like, yo, I think I think after that interview and after especially Jasper and Unati had seen the stuff that was planned for Wagadu, mm-hmm. uh, they they got as excited as, as I had previously been about the possibility. And they were like, we got to run a game. And so we ran a game, which turned into a campaign, as sometimes mm-hmm. occurs. And yeah. so, and and then as we continued doing stuff with it, Twin Drums were like, "Hey, you guys were the first people to publicly run this game. Well, yeah. How about we make a little partnership?" And then we became the official podcast of the Wagadu setting, the official actual play <laughs> podcast. Mm. Incredible! Which is very cool. Like very it's cool. law yeah. now. It's like going to be included yeah. in the game. Yeah. Like the history. Oh wow. Yeah, so basically the game itself, the video game itself is set in the 7th era, I believe. They, yeah. They've already said this is the 7th era, uh, and, our ge- and our actual play is going to be is set in the 4th era, so they're including like elements that we play through as like backstory and lore for, for the game, which is... Uh, yeah. It feels wild. Like, why, have, why, why have you It's also going to be like a video game. There's also going to be an yeah. MMO yeah. RPG, yeah. and uh, as, as I understand it, the protagonists of our campaign will potentially at least exist in the lore of the game as past ancestors. So I, I, we'll see exactly how that manifests, but it's very exciting. And I, I realize that I never actually, well, I've just been talking very generally about it being an Africa-based setting, but I should specify that the, the general yeah. premise is what if J.R.R. Tolkien had been African instead of European? I assume most people know this, but if you don't, Lord of the Rings is basically, the, the structure of Lord of the Rings is due to J.R. Tolkien's fascination with European mythology. And so he drew from all over the place to create this really interesting uh, mishmash of, of, like, of these different elements from all over the continent. So what if there was an African J.R.R. Tolkien who had done exactly the same thing and created an Africa-based setting, drawing from a lot of different cultures in Africa. And so the the idea is like, Wagadu's a separate plane. There's like an upper realms that, and at some point, people fall from those upper realms to Wagadu. It's not clear how, it's not clear why, but now that you're in Wagadu, you're stuck there. 
And Wagadu is this magical place. It's very similar to the actual continent of Africa in terms of the, the landscapes and different biomes that you can encounter and uh, a lot of the creatures. But it's like its own self-contained place. You don't have memories. Like you, you lose your memories of when you were on the, when you were in the upper realms and you try to regain those memories and, and regain, reclaim some sense of your identity. Meanwhile, people will be affiliated with various lineages because they have lineages instead of races. Everybody's black and everybody's human. But all of those humans will have very different powers depending on what lineage, and they can look very different. So they're mm. human, but like there's elf people essentially. They have pointy ears, and the, they have they live in forests and have the the fine features. They're called the Amere. You have uh, they may not be Janasi, but the, the Aziman, who are drawn from like the, the, they're similarly four elements. Yeah, the Lion Bloods, which is Ongenagama. Uh, excuse me, Unagi's character Ongenagama, uh, who is basically like people who draw power from the big cats in Africa. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, and then you have the Daima, who, which is Ooh, Jasper's character, Muti, uh, who are basically moth people who are obsessed with the moon and also death. Nice. And then, Same. you know, there are more and more lineages and it's a really, and each of these have different, it's it basically, they function like D and D races. Although yeah. I think there's a mechanic whereby you can actually change lineage in Wagadu, whereas you can't, I mean, you usually have to jump through quite a lot of hoops to change race uh, in, in T&D. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like you usually have to die, but it's <laughs> it's a really really cool setting. There's it's it's probably the closest approximation in mainstream D anD D would be the Feywild, in that it yeah. really plays by its own set of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there are spirits there that you encounter, sometimes benevolent, sometimes not so benevolent. You can also meet ancestors, which are like past people who have lived in Wagadu and whose spirits now linger in like physical form and still have powers. But one interesting thing is in contrast to D&D's alignment system, which is really a Judeo, like as much as D&D may be drawing from a lot of pagan religions, quote unquote, the crux of it is very Judeo-Christian, especially in the morality aspect of it. Whereas Wagadu kind of steers around that. And instead of there being like clearly delineated good, clearly delineated evil, everything is a lot more gray in Wagadu. It's running pretty much off of a different moral system. It's a really cool setting. There's a free, if you go to the Twin Drums website, there's a free PDF that you can get called the, it has like a bunch of information about the setting. Plus it's got uh, a little pre-written adventure that you can run. It's called The Oath and the Child. Actually, I think it's called The Child and the Oath. I always forget it. It's The Child and the Oath. But yeah, go check it out. It's a really, really cool setting. It's awesome. Yeah. I've picked up the free PDF and I was reading through and I'm like, this is tight as hell. The art's insane. It's also really interesting knowing that this is being made now because it also kind of tries to work within the problems that I think Dungeons and Dragons have, which is like lineage instead of race. Like that makes a lot more sense. It's like something that is inside of you, mm-hmm. that you are, you are a part of a family lineage or like ethereal lineage, but it's not race. And we're not using the word race in describing uh, pluses and minuses to said thing. So it's like it's also in conversation with the game already. I think it's really funny that you said African J.R.R. Tolkien because of how much of Dungeons & Dragons is directly from J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm -hmm. Like how uh, the Tolkien estate had to tell TSR originally to stop calling halflings hobbits and all that other stuff. And like it's literally ripped from it. And how so much of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit is just from Tolkien's perspective, just being like a Christian white English dude 
who served mm-hmm. in World War One mm-hmm. and was pulling all that stuff together. Because, yeah. like, it's funny when you say, like, alignment is pulled from Judeo-Christian values. I'm like, nah, man, it's just Christian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think Christians call it Judeo-Christian. I don't think the Judeo part of that really, really has the same yeah. equation. I think Christians yeah. like to say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just I think it's beautiful also because knowing that dwarves, this is something I, I've spent a lot of time looking into. Dwarves are explicitly coded as Jews mm. because and that's how mm. Tolkien, like Tolkien said that like that's not reading yeah. into it. It's like, nah, these are Jews. These are some these are some stubborn folks that I knew in the war. And like that's now that's that. <laughs> so like knowing that like the Wugatu is if there was an African Jarrah Tolkien and then whatever happened with Dungeons and Dragons then was because of his book or their book or her book would be is tight as hell to me. I find that so, so interesting. What other African mythology or African structure is in there? And have you started touching on that uh, in your AP? I, I'm so interested in it. And I want to know, like, how intentional I feel like you, you guys are, are doing with this. And uh, what are some things that surprise you in the Wugatu setting that you're really happy exists? Hmm. I am very enamored with encountering a setting that offers me the relationship with nature that exists in the setting. Um, the relationship with spirits, along with an understanding of ancestors and and the ability to communicate um, in that way. I think I think that to piggyback off Jeremy's point, I think that a lot of Judeo-Christian values have seeped into D&D. And what I find really interesting is that uh, being South African and having, because I the, I immediately decided to play uh, a lion blood, um, also known as Izingonyama, because I am Zulu and Tosa. Like, that is, mm-hmm. that's where I'm from. That's my landscape. I understand that completely. So it was quite interesting to then encounter a setting, and I think that Jeremy handled it really beautifully, where a lot of what my mother and grandmother would have passed down to me in terms of what um, a sort of Eurocentric lens would title as ancestral worship, whereas it's just our old religions that have been stripped from us because of colonialism um and a rewriting of history and a rewriting of culture globally i found that really wonderful to actually engage in a world where i was being pushed to explore these ideas even you know just at a table but in a way that kind of dovetailed really quite like beautifully with with like my own like personal experience of trying to understand that part of my religion and that part of my identity that has been obliterated due to nonsensicalities um (laughs) but it was it's it's just really beautiful on a day-to-day basis to encounter that because then like my D my sort of straight D and D characters, um, I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, <laughs> I find that although I find alignment really problematic, I find that I will always somehow be- begin to fall into tropes in, st- in terms of playing them. And playing in Magadu, I've always been upended and surprised by how flexible my character automatically becomes mm. purely because mm. the world kind of demands it or or invariably forces you into like making a new decision. And now because you are faced with something so much greater than yourself or faced with something that you just don't understand because you don't know how you got here. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think uh, to piggyback off of that, like for me as someone who identifies 
uh, you know, I am I am mixed race. So my my mum is uh, white British, and my dad is black Zimbabwean. And for me to like, you know, the last year has been a whole process of me really kind of contacting that part of myself and really being okay identifying as like a black man. And, and you know, that was a that was a big part of creating the show for me was like me finally feeling comfortable to talk about the fact that I don't identify as as white, even though like that's. I guess I would I I'd perceived myself for a long time, and so then Wagadu is absolutely like a release for me to engage with the with material and with culture that I just haven't for so long because I grew up in a very white kind of a very actually very white Christian community sort of thing, and it was something that just wasn't taught, not in a malicious way, but it just wasn't ever part of the syllabus, you know. And so even just to 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 play a game where I can fully invest and I can live in this fantasy world that is filled with different colors, different smells different people different kinds of people uh is it's it's incredible like i i find myself always getting quite emotional when we play wagadu and just and 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 being so overly excited all the time when we do it much to the detriment of my character muti who's like i feel like you know if he was if i was to actually play him properly like all the time would not get into half the shenanigans that i do but i'm like we're in like this amazing location and i want to do all this and this and this and i can't help myself um uh, yeah and it's just it's just a it's a gorgeous thing and you know uh and, and jeremy's an unbelievable storyteller in the way that he weaves this just like the locations the characters and, and kind of weaves it all together and it's very empowering i think uh, very empowering to 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 be able to contact that kind of that kind of work and i think that the same would go for anyone i think that got to play in wagadu i think mm. that you would yeah. even if you didn't have a direct connection uh, I think mm. that even as a like a, a white person or even a, a, a POC from a different culture, I think that yeah. you would just being able to live in that culture and someone else's culture and, and experience it, I think is a really enjoyable thing. And to be able to do it without feeling like, oh, am I, should I be here? Should I be allowed? To, like, is yeah. that okay? Uh, but actually it's a, it's an all black setting. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you're much in the same way that D&D is preeminently an all white setting. It, it's exactly yes, the same. Exactly. And so therefore, there's no need to draw attention to it. There's no need to make a big deal out of the fact that you're black. You're just, you just are as you are. You know, like, yeah. um, it was something that I really battled with the first few sessions. I was like, should I use an African accent or should I use, like, my accent? And mm. do you know what I mean? And then I, I, I really enjoyed that Mooty sounds like me. Mm. But he is this beautiful, like, dark-skinned mothman with, like, purple friggin' wings. Like, it's so dope, you know? Yeah. Um, when I see, like, art and stuff, I'm like, that probably is one of the bigger things as well. Like, My the artwork, the, like... Shout out Tank, oh, man. Bad. Shout out Tank. Shout yeah, out yeah. Tank, <laughs> tank I mean, makes Shout out pieces. all of them, yeah. everybody. But yeah. shout out Tank. I, I'm literally getting that thing framed. That giant blood red lion blood. Like, just yeah, getting it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The fan art has been, like, legit unreal, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> unreal. Yeah, yeah. People bring it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's the secret reason why people start podcasts. Is yeah. Fan art. It's for fan it's the art. real secret. Yeah, I just want to decorate Truth. my home. and I... <laughs> Yeah. Even even listening to the podcast is like an excuse just to get to understand where the art's coming from. Like, why does, why does Muti have hooves in this one? Oh, yeah, you, I got to listen to that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I got to listen to the show. I got to listen to the show. <laughs> Jasper, something you you said was definitely spoke to me on a different on a, on a level here because I've been thinking about a lot of this stuff as a as a Jewish person is like knowing that fantasy can be from a different locus point and then going out from there is really important and mm. I just thank you for talking so much about what we got to I think it's incredible and I want people to uh, download it buy it play the MMO all that yes. stuff yeah. so yes. I do please it. I a hundred percent feel you on that. 
Hey, it's Eric again. This is just a little mid-roll. It's a mini mid-roll. So let me just list some little stuff that I like. I like little dogs. I like little shirts that babies wear. I like little movies. Not like short movies, but like movies that are a tight 90. It's a little one. Welcome to the mid-roll. Remember, get your tickets for our live show, May 13th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Your ticket also comes with a VOD copy of the show, so you can watch it afterwards, or you're re-watching it, or you couldn't make the show, still get this ticket. This is going to be really fun. It's another LTC one-shot. Going to do some fun superhero stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Also, we're announcing some new merch that you're going to be very stoked on, and we've worked very, very hard on it. We think you're really going to love it. Buy your ticket right now. Jointhepartypod.com slash live. That's May 13th, 8 p.m., or afterwards with that VOD, but buy your ticket now at jointhepartypod.com slash live. I have finally evaded the Bone Witch by doing an ad in a mid-roll that was unexpected. So this podcast is just sponsored by BetterHelp, a secure online counseling service. They connect you with licensed counselors through their secure app, letting you message with your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. You can also message your counselor between sessions if you're worried about something or think of a topic that you want to cover in your next call. BetterHelp wants you to find the best therapeutic match possible so they make it easy and simple and free, for that matter, to find someone who matches stuff for you. The hardest thing about therapy is finding someone who actually vibes with you, and BetterHelp makes this entirely possible. I know we joke a lot about the Bone Witch here. We have a lot of fun here today as I turn my chair backwards. But BetterHelp is making it easier for you to find the therapeutic stuff you need, and you don't need to, like, go into an office now. We've kind of, like, acclimated to talking to someone about your feelings digitally. Not that you shouldn't do that in person if that's something that you can really connect to, but, like, finding randomly wherever reaching out into the ether, even rolling bones to try to figure out and find a therapist is really difficult. But BetterHelp just wants to make this easier for you. Once more, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and join the party listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash join the party. That is betterhelp.com slash join the party for 10% off your first month. This episode is sponsored by NordVPN. Listen, in the real world, not in the fictional super powered world that join the party is set people hack things all the time that's why we keep getting emails that say like oh sorry uh i gave your login to a hacker by accident because uh i don't know and who are you uh i'm your bank is that bad it might be is that bad You need a VPN, and a VPN stands for a virtual private network, a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online, and we can get that with NordVPN, which helps you protect and anonymize your data. They give you a fast connection with no data logging and double data encryption for increased anonymity. It's also great to use while traveling or in public places on Wi-Fi networks that aren't yours, like airports and coffee shops, because that's where the hackers get in. Because if I was a villain trying to steal data, I would use a public park Wi-Fi network. People are looking their credit card stuff all the time while they're outside. They love it. And that's how I get your data if I was a villain, like the hacker who can type really fast. That's a superpower. And in any case you have any issues, this is 24-hour live customer service support via email or live chat. Protect your data from marauding supervillains like the hacker today. Go to nordvpn.com slash join the party or use coupon code join the party at checkout to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. That is Nord. 
N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash join the party. And now back to the punch bowl. I had a whole question about talking about all the chicanery that Wizard of the Coast has been doing, but I don't know. Let's talk. Let's, you know. Let's, let's, let, let's let Wagadu be the thing that, you know, like, that's nice. Let's, let's like, focus exactly. on the like, I, I, Let's focus yeah, on the positive. I, I, want to yeah. do that? I like the stuff that you guys talk violence? about. Instead. It's Friday. We all, <laughs> hey, look, we all liked Tasha's. We all liked the, it's we about liked... time that they introduced <laughs> these as official rules that you can change this stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Even even yeah. if the rule is I don't know, do it at your own table. At least someone said something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not yeah, my yeah. fucking problem. I, I guess that's some. I guess that's something. Um, yeah. So good. Uh, after we're done recording, we'll just go off for another hour. But, yes. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I will choose violence. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we'll choose violence <laughs> off mic. <Mike, Yeah>. But... <laughs> But I, I do have something that I do think you three do need to help me with. I have a notorious streak as a as a dungeon master and as a and D player of not liking the bard class. Uh and we can get into it, but I know that you have been you all have been doing a like class deep dive on the show as well. Y'all do so much stuff on that on that one RSS feed, I love it. Um and you've done rogues and I'm like, yeah, love sneaky people. Um but bards I just cannot I, I didn't I cannot get my head around it and I intentionally didn't listen to that episode so that you could all help me uh-huh. maybe like mm. the bar. What's your what's your what's what are your primary objections to the yes. class? I think um it's actually not the mechanics of it. I actually think that Bardic Inspiration is one of the best mechanics in Dungeons and Dragons because it like facilitates teamwork and like sometimes you need support other than just being the cleric or being the healer and I think mm. that that's really incredible. This was really cemented for me when I was first starting Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like I wow, I can't believe that there's this or tabletop RPGs in general, and I'm like, there's a game that facilitates oral storytelling, and we're all doing it together, and I love it, and we're all using our creative minds and imaginations, and I love it. And then I'm like, why? But then someone else needs to be like, my superpower is creativity? It's it's music? It's like, we're already doing a creative thing together. Why do I need to say, like, no, I have a magic guitar, guys. I need everyone to know I have a magic guitar. And I'm like, who is the person that goes into a game who's like, no, 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 I'm the most creative. My creativity is magic. You you hit the nail on the head there for me, Eric. I think you just got it, but they they converted me, so don't worry. They're coming for you, too. I think think the answer is actors. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Us three assholes. (laughs) Here's what I would say. First of all, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think most people think of the game in terms of collaborative storytelling, at least not True. consciously. Maybe mm, unconsciously yeah. they think that, but I think most people just want to play a cool character, number one. Number two, yeah. I think that the idea of someone... First of all, it I think this is a common thing, but I think it's people have very reductive ideas about certain classes, and bards is one of the most common. People have a very reductive yeah. idea that bards have to be musical in some way um or sexy or sexual yeah really the crux of the class is similar to all of the other spellcasting classes where it gets its magic from sorcerers it's innate wizards get it from study druids get it from their connection to nature clerics get it from their connection to a deity artificers get it well they're not primary spellcasting but they get it from their connection to science and invention bards get it from their connection to stories and art it is expression. It is an expression of their connection to art. That can manifest itself in any way, 
not just musically. It can be your connection to poetry. It can be your connection to telling stories. There's the, the College of Eloquence, where speech itself is an art. There's the College of Creation, where fashioning and creating things is an art. Like, it's, it's yeah. extremely varied, and you don't need to play it in that way. And the idea that one person is more creative, well, no, it's just that this person is drawing magic from their creativity. I don't know if you've listened to the episode that we, where I talk about my, my boy, who's just, uh, he's basically, I wanted to make Gandalf as a D&D character, yeah. Vandalin the Bronze, who is a Valor Bard, because Gandalf may be described as a wizard, but functionally, he's actually closer to a bard. He doesn't cast a whole mm. lot of spells. He mostly hits people with swords, and his real power lies in his words how he, he's able to manipulate and influence those around him. And Vandalin the Bronze gets his magic from his own delusion because he himself is not actually a wizard. He thinks he's a wizard, but he's not. He's basically Don Quixote who believes in himself so strongly that he ends up becoming essentially a knight, except in this case, a wizard. And I think like that's a very interesting take on it. There's also... Like, I, I, to me, that doesn't mean that he's any more creative than any other member of the party. It just means that it's just a function of where his magic comes from. And he has a certain set of skills. Hmm. So, I, and to end my pitch, check out not only our Bard episode, number one, but also the Curse of Strahd little mini two, oh, yeah. Yeah, little, uh, two shot that we did where I play a bard whose uh, power seems to come primarily from just enjoying songs and playing them on my iPod. Uh, and then knowing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And it works. And we absolutely stomp. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. They did. Uh, they, played a warlock in that one. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a warlock. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, oof. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, I would just like add in as well uh, that mechanically some of the subclasses are like so broken that you can't not have fun once you play them. I 100% agree with that. Like once you start moving towards like, I think Valor is incredible. Yeah. And I think that, that uh, Whispers is also incredible. Mm. But like, I, it's more the issue I have on, on its face. It's like when they were coming up with Dungeons and Dragons, they're like, all right, we're going to have Fighter. We're gonna have barbarian because they're super, they're super mad, and they're gonna have magic, and there's gonna be thing. But like, na na na, this one guy, the minstrel, <laughs> he's the minstrel. The minstrel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the court, it's the, yeah, it's the it's artist, musicians, yeah. court jester. You're talking yeah. Europe, like you know, so much yeah, of yeah, European yeah. culture is art based. Yeah, <laughs> you have yeah. the paintings, it's, you have yeah. the, the singing, you have the the the, the court jest. Like, oh my it's goodness, the, it's, it's the whole thing. Like, it's like tra uh, traveling theater. Like, the storyteller would come around to the village, bring his loot around, mm. damn yeah. it, but he would bring yeah. his loot around, and who, he's, who is the Pied Piper if not yeah, a bard? Exactly, and start like jamming out. People would give him some money. He would go off and hang out by the bar, jam out some more, and then move on to the next town. Like, it's it's mm. part of the culture. Mm. They have de absolutely co converted me though. I will absolutely be playing bards because they look like loads of fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you okay. think, Eric? Is it does that does that address some of? Did your we move the needle at all? At all? At all? Or, uh... <laughs> I so the thing is, when I talk to people like Dungeons and Dragons professionals or creative people, I'm like, yeah, no, I totally get it. This is how it's functionally really well put into practice. And like when I watch other people do it. Even with like someone like Big Faith in mm -hmm. Dimension Twenty, yeah. who's mm -hmm. like, I am a charismatic person. I'm a musician. Like this is who I am. Like I kind of get it. I just like the existence of it within a storytelling game where someone ha gets their power from art. Really, just like why is this? I I just don't understand necessarily why it's there. It's like <laughs> no, someone needs to be like, nah, I got art powers, guys. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I respect no, it. I totally respect Eric, it when people actually do it. Eric, let's just leave it with you are absolutely correct. 
Two plus two <laughs> equals seven. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> For all of you being actors, I feel like this is like in the Golden Globes or the BAFTAs when people are like, movies are magic. And I'm like, oh, we know. We already all go to the movies. We know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I, yeah, yeah, I, I think you probably would have a different perspective if you were in the arts. I don't know if you are in the arts, but uh, as a professional podcast writer and, and all that stuff, I totally am. I'm like, yeah, man, writing books, uh, literature, Eric, it's just magic. live with your superpower, man. Yeah, it's okay. You can admit it. You have you a realize superpower. you you in real You're life, a bard, in, Eric. In, You're a bard. Like, I can't. Bard. Eric, I don't want to tell anyone that, but I have super... It's like, guys, my superpower is my writing. you got to read my short story. It, it really is, you've got, you just got to admit it. it. you just got to admit just it, Eric. Like, the minute it. you do it, it's so much easier. Just, just let go, go, dude. Yeah. Just let go. Just You're fine. Trust yourself. Look, we'll, oh, no. we'll hold your hand, okay? Come on, we, take the step. We've got you. We've got <laughs> Say you. it. Got I have superpowers. I am a bard. No. Yes. Now we have to pick a subclass. I was thinking maybe uh, either eloquence or maybe maybe lore. Probably lore. I'm feeling a lot of lore. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? This has really turned around on me, and I wasn't prepared for this. When when you come and play a one shot with us at some point, you will play a bard, and you're going to have the best time we will ever. Force you to play a bard. We're going to force we'll you. To, we're going to be like, oh, Eric, did we not tell you this is an old bard one shot? Ah, oh, so sorry, man. I just I thought we said that in the email. Uh, so sorry. You okay to just quickly reskin that fighter you've made? <laughs> I said it called World of Bards. Everyone here is a bard. Every yes. single person. Every that, single See that squirrel? Person. That's a bard. Oh, that squirrel's wow. a bard. That would be so <laughs> <annoying>. <laughs> yeah. And a squirrel. <laughs> I should have seen this one coming. This one's on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll take the L and move on. Uh, and I would, <laughs> I definitely want you all to just give me one last thing here. I think what we always try to encourage and join the party is that new players are the best players. When you come in without any sort of preconceived notion about what Dungeons and Dragons is you're you're gonna have a good time but I think that people do get intimidated by how big the character sheet is and mm. uh, all that stuff so do all of you have little pieces of advice for you to give to new players to have the best time possible Ooh, yeah. much like I do in all walks of my life wing it for a bit no I'm kidding um, how, <laughs> how do you eat an elephant piece by piece do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. please don't no. eat elephants it's really not cool <laughs> but it's just it's an old proverb like how do you eat an elephant bit by bit you know and I think that it is exciting to maybe like go in gung-ho and be like oh I want to be level 15 but just start at level 3 have some fun and see how squishy you are because yeah. mm. when you get all the cool bits it's so much more fun and you actively want to mm. use them yeah mm. Yeah. Or level one, really, if you've never Le- yeah, played a TTRPG. Yeah. Like yeah. level uh, one, yeah, even. And also just, it's not that serious, guys. It's a game. It's a pandemic. Just, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I think that my piece of advice would be basically do what you want to do. Like, ha- make sure you've communicated with the dungeon master ahead of time so that you guys are all on the same page. But then just, like, do the stuff you want to do. Like, don't be afraid to just do some insanity it'll give you an idea of what you can and cannot accomplish in the game and in the world you'll have an idea of what insane things are possible that perhaps like somebody who's been playing for years wouldn't have even thought of it for any actually an example of this if you if you want to watch dimension 20's second season escape from the blood keep Mm. in episode two the first combat that they have reka who had never played D D before 
does some truly insane moves that I don't think most people would have thought to even try. Well, yeah, Matt Mercer is next to her on the table like, what? Yeah. It's Matt Mercer. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so awesome. Just don't, don't be afraid to try new things and do stuff differently than what you think people might expect. Mm. Yeah, mm. hell yeah. I would say don't uh this would be this is kind of like advice for myself as someone who is way gets way too invested don't take it personally when your really cool character is really like does something really shit like it's just fine do you know what i mean i spent my entire fir- my entire first oh. experience of playing D was making the cool rogue character and just not really having a concept that like level three or level one wasn't very strong and i just spent the entire time whiffing and falling out of trees it was hysterically <laughs> funny Incredible. very memorable and I, but I remember really feeling like god damn it like why do i suck at D? <laughs> like it was really oh. like i really wanted to be good at it you know and i think that like that's the only thing that ever held me back from just like letting go and having fun with my friends was I was always a bit like no I want to be good I want to do the good things but like you will not be able to physically you will not be able to wrap your head around the mechanics to make your character maximized at this point Mm. so just you know just start and be be okay when you fall out of the tree (laughs) you know be okay with it everybody wins D&D Jasper I'm talking to you (laughs) I like be okay with falling out of the tree. That feels like a perfect note to end on. Yes. About how Dr- Jasper fucking biffed it so many times. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, DM, I rolled a one. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, here, here, let me tell you how good it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need to go and collect your sword you just threw across the room. Okay. Uh, there was good. a bird in that tree, and you threw your, you threw your sword. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Roll me a d4. That's how much damage they take. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, uh, you're gonna hear more from the three black halflings and me when uh, I'm gonna run a one shot for them. Yes! Uh, set in Lake Town City. I am so excited. We're gonna do some superhero stuff in just a little bit and don't worry there'll be a link in the episode description for you to go there head right there but after that uh why don't you go you all plug your stuff and uh so that people can find you yeah first of all i want to sort of want to shout out join the party because i just i loved i started listening to this uh, after we'd spoken to eric and it's so good oh man i was like i have been wanting to like contact superhero stuff for a long time but i've like i'm still getting my head around dnd so i was like i haven't and then i was listening and i was like this is everything that i want and more uh so just thank you for your work eric i'm really enjoying it thank you but yeah Three Black Halflings. Uh, we uh, can be found at TB Halflings, like everywhere, uh, like on all social uh, media platforms. Uh, we have a Patreon where we have a bunch of exclusive content. So if you like the sound of Wagadu, you can watch the video versions of all of our sessions that we play. You can also listen to the Wagadu Watch, which is like a little after show talk that we do. And uh, yeah, you can find us on all the podcast itself. podcasting platforms. Yeah, Wherever pods are cast. Wherever they are cast, you can just type in Three Black Halflings and we'll pop up and then you can just download and what's kind of nice is like because we're a talk show you can just dive in wherever like pick an episode title that sounds fun and pick that one like it's uh Mm -hmm. it's nice and easy you know 
my two favorite episodes are actually the one that you did with Brendan Lee Mulligan. That's yeah. where I'm just like, man, this is a fucking party. Like, I just love listening to these episodes. It's, it's a goddamn party. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> it's two hours because the first yeah. hour we interview him and the second hour he goes, let me flip the script <laughs> around, gang. Yeah. And tells <laughs> it back whoa, up whoa, and starts whoa, whoa, interviewing whoa. us. And we were like, we are not prepared. <laughs> I'm like, Brennan, I'm interviewing them. Stop interviewing them a year ago, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also the... Uh, uh, the candle to keep controversy episode that you all did. Yeah. I think that we try to keep abreast again of the whack shit that Wizard of the Coast has done this week. But I think that that one, you all particularly tackled that. So I have such like a full understanding of this alongside. I mean, I was already keeping my ear to the ground on that. But hearing all of you talk about this. And also, it's very funny for an episode about a POC gamer getting ruined and, and really upset by a publishing company. Yeah, you got to laugh or you cry. <laughs> I think the I think Bram that's Garber that, like, comes <laughs> the Bra- yeah, oh yeah the Bram yeah the, the Bram, Bram Garber, Garber. yeah uh, I think that's something that like genuinely like I think a we've got a little better at like yeah. just generally being and, and like finding joy for ourselves in these moments and like I think it's one of the things that I love about the show is just like the fact that we are able to laugh at these things and yeah. I think it just makes it a little bit more accessible I know that I couldn't just sit around and talk for like over an hour about this stuff because I'd just be like. You know, without laughing or smiling or anything, because I'd just be sure. like, right, now I want to, uh, I want to throw myself from something high, and uh, yeah. that's not conducive a for a podcast. You know, nap. so <laughs> so I think it's like it's more for our own sanity than anything else yeah. that we <laughs> laugh about this shit. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm glad that it's 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 you know other people like that we laugh about it as well, and people are like, God, these insensitive assholes. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> the exact opposite. I agree. You definitely need to laugh, and also Unati, you were so good at just like every so often just screaming about something and I'm like I feel the same way <laughs> and I was just like ah and I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah me too yeah, me yeah. too um, I need to learn how to like control my ebb of emotion sometimes no it's just like, please no. don't you know if people <laughs> no, stop don't. listening to the show part of the brand like, I, it's part of the brand like, it's really the, part of the brand I kind yeah. of like lose my temper every now and then I have to squeeze my fists really hard and stop from screaming <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. it's incredible we need that we need that <laughs> listen to the show and thank you all so much for being here thank you for having us on yeah thank you